uh, the host of Fantasy MLB Today podcast with SportsEthos.com. We are joined by Joe Orico. Joe, thank you so much for joining the show. How bad did I mispronounce your last name? You actually nailed it, Matt. You got it perfectly. What? I, I really, really appreciate you having me on. I'm a longtime listener, so this is uh, very cool to be on with you. Hey, listen, I appreciate you coming on. I've seen all the work that you do. We also, especially in the summer, we love trying new guests, new voices, because you get different perspectives. And uh, so I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, appreciate you saying I nailed your name. And if I at all did screw it up, you're being very polite and nice. And right now my producer is upset because they like to see me humiliated. Um, first question, before we get into all things Blue Jays, American League East, Shohei Otani, um, there's a producer that works at this station named Chris Horvat, and he is like in six or seven fantasy baseball leagues. Is that too many to be in? No, I don't think so. I, what? I'm in, I'm in about nine this year. I'm, there's some that I take a little more seriously than others, but there, there are nine leagues that I participate in. Some of them you set your lineup every week, some of them every day. Uh, but no, six or seven, that's, uh, that's pretty manageable, I think. I think that's insane. Maybe I just have poor time management skills, but baseball fantasy can sometimes uh, intimidate me because I have to try to remember who's playing third base for the Padres. And I had this theory that if you are if you are in multiple fantasy baseball leagues and you're winning in them and you're a parent – Maybe you're a bad mom or dad, because to me, winning in fantasy baseball takes about 22 hours a day, especially when you're in multiple leagues. Yeah, the amount of data you need to comb through, uh, there's just Ugh. so much information. I play fantasy football, fantasy basketball, but there's not nearly as much data that you need to be aware of in those particular sports, football in particular. Uh, there's just a lot with baseball that is going on uh, that you always need to be keeping up with, because there's always new stats that people are using and focusing in on. So it is quite a bit. Uh, but we do it because we love it. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, absolutely. One of my producers uh, showed me a website that gives you what the wind is for every stadium that day. It's crazy. And maybe for people who need more info, check out uh, – where where can people find your work? At sportsethos.com. Yeah, they can find it there at sportsethos.com. You guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Joe Orico, just my name, uh, and then the number 99 at the end of it there. I post a bunch of links for shows and articles and all the different uh, stuff we got going on at the website. How bummed out are Vlad and Alec Manoa fantasy owners right now? they got to be very disappointed, I mean, specifically with Manoa, because, I mean, with Vladdy, at least you're still getting some production. I mean, it's not what we were maybe expecting, but he's still batting in the 280s. He's got, what is it, nine home runs. He's still in a few bases. It's not the end of the world with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. With Alec Manoa, it could realistically be described as the end of the world for people like myself who are fairly in on him. Uh, it has been very bad. And obviously, him getting sent down, is, it wasn't even triple-A, double-A, single-A. It was down to the complex league. So that's obviously a sign of how bad it was. But I do still have faith in the long term for Alec Manoa. you got to remember, the guy is only 25 years old. So as bummed out as we are for right now, I think the future is still potentially very bright for him. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. And on this show, we haven't been raising the alarms. I'm, just, I'm more fascinated from the fantasy perspective. Um, and that doesn't mean what he's going to be three months from now, three years from now. But from a fantasy perspective on June 16th, what's been the most disappointing parts of Vlad's production? Well, it's got to be the lack of power, and specifically at home. I mean, I, I tweeted that out a few days ago, a list of players who have the same number of home runs as Vlad does, and it was uh, a pretty depressing list if you're a Blue Jays fan. Paul DeYoung and Michael Taylor and guys who a lot of casual baseball fans wouldn't even know, to be honest with you. 
Oh, that, that's got to be it, right? The zero home runs at Rogers Center is a, is a weird, very weird, right? Especially because they changed the dimensions. They brought the walls in a little bit. You would have figured, if anything, you might get a few more home runs out of Vlad. But I, I think it's got to be that. I think it's got to be the power outage we've seen for him specifically recently. And it hasn't even been just at home recently. It seems like he can't really get the ball out of the ballpark anywhere that, it, that the Blues have been playing over the last month or so. Is there anything worse than when you've got a starting pitcher like Manoa and you're convincing yourself, now i got to keep him, now i got to keep him, uh, and then you know, just bad, bad outing after bad outing, and now you're kind of stuck in this, in this tough position because if you sell him now, you're going to be selling low. Yeah, the unfortunate reality of Alec Manoa, I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of fantasy leagues. There's some that carry over year after year. They're usually referred to as dynasty leagues or keeper leagues. In those leagues, you're still holding him. If there's a league where you draft every single year and then the roster's reset in the offseason, he's unfortunately somebody that you have to drop at this point. Uh, there's not a lot of leagues where you can justify holding him if it is one of those leagues, like I mentioned, where at the end of the year the roster's reset. But right now, he's not somebody that's rosterable. You'd have to be eating those zeros on your bench in the hope that he'll be back up sooner than later. And I don't think it'll be a long time that he's down, but to eat those zeros in any kind of format is really, really difficult unless you have a definitive date that you know the player is going to be coming back. If we knew he was going to be back in two weeks, it'd be a lot easier. And even then, we don't know what the production is going to look like. But I think in those typically referred to as redraft leagues, Alec Manoa has got to be dropped. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a bummer right now for Jays fans, and it's a bummer for fantasy, and of course everyone's just rooting for Manoa to come up and uh, just when he comes back stronger and better than ever. Joe Rico's joining us, host of Fantasy MLB Today podcast. You can find it at sportsethos.com. So I was uh, looking at your Twitter account, and uh, who right now is the number one pitcher fantasy wise? I picked Kevin Gosman. Kevin Gosman was who I landed on last week when I initially started this because we're entering into the midseason. I wanted to do an update for my rankings, which I had put out preseason as well. It was Spencer Strider for me for a while, but I think at this point, if you look at all the different factors that go into having a great fantasy season, the high strikeouts, the low walk total, the great indicating numbers, pitching indicating numbers, which essentially try and remove defensive and ballpark factors from the equation. And just look at the quality of the pitches being thrown. There's different statistics. I'm not sure how familiar your listeners are with all these statistics, but Sierra, FIP, XFIP, all those numbers that try and quantify how good a pitcher is, they're all, Kevin Gosman is right at the top in all of those numbers. Even just the, the more basic ones that, you know, the more casual baseball fan might know, strikeout minus walk rate things like that. He is right at the top, and he also has the benefit of playing for one of the better offenses in baseball. And I know that might sound a little bit crazy to some people, the Blue Jays being one of the better offenses in baseball, but they are ranking as a top third offense at worst, even with the underperforming players. So Kevin Gosman, for me, with the strikeouts, with the low walk rate, with all the indicating numbers saying that this is real, this is not you know a fallacy, he's not just overperforming, uh, he is who I picked uh, for the rest of the season as my number one fantasy pitcher, yeah. Is there any more player or interesting or fascinating when it comes to fantasy than Shoei Otani, where, like, in Yahoo leagues, you can draft him twice? I don't like, – because one is a hitter, one is a pitcher. Uh, it's, it, 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 it's funny when we try to quantify just how unique, dominant, special uh, Shoei Otani is. And one very simple way is this. I think he's the only guy in baseball that people will draft twice. Yeah, he is. It's a fair statement in my mind to say that he is arguably the most talented player who's ever played baseball. And you'll get some pushback on that. 
But, I mean, if you look at what he does, even just from a fantasy point of view, you mentioned Yahoo. If you look at his ranking, and like you said, he has two separate entities, these two players, he's ranked at you know second overall for the whole player pool in terms of the Otani batter and then 37th in terms of his pitching statistics. So however you slice it, he is absolutely phenomenal. Even if you just had to pick one or the other, he's worth that early draft price. But, I mean, there are some formats where if you play fantasy on ESPN, you get both of those stats. You can plug That's them in. That's not as a fair. That's, That's not, not fair. fair. No. A lot of sites, a lot of sites have very different rules, and I think it's because Otani essentially broke fantasy. He broke baseball in general, but also <laughs> for fantasy. It is unfair to have him as that number one pick, but it's also you can make the argument that he is one player, and you should get all his stats. So it is a very tricky situation that a lot of different sites. I mean, almost every single site has their own different rules on it, and it also matters if you set your lineup every day or every week. It's it's hard to quantify how good he is, but he is about as good as we have ever seen in my eyes. Last question for you. Um, I was looking at your rankings, and you got Jose Barrios at 40 and, and Chris Bassett at 43, and maybe another time we can discuss some more in depth. But the one that I found interesting, and maybe because he's pitching today against the Nationals, was at number 35, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, this guy was just a beast last year. Everyone loved watching him because he'd be one of the few guys that would go deep and would eat innings, and now he's all the way down at 35. Where does he rank in terms of most disappointing players fantasy-wise so far this season? Uh, he's got to be right up there. Like I was already a little bit down coming into the season on Sandy Alcantara. He's a very volume-based producer. Last two seasons, it was 228 and 205 innings. And granted, he was very good, but also – kind of unexceptional from a fantasy point of view to some degree because you're very limited in terms of your win potential on the Marlins. Over the last two years, he has 23 wins, not including this season, which is okay. But for somebody who is considered such a top-tier pitcher, it's a little disappointing. If you look at his strikeout rate, it's very average, and that's one of the major categories if you're talking fantasy. You need to have those strikeouts. They kind of help out everywhere. You lower your ERA and your whip and everything else. You're at your win potential as well when you have strikeouts. He's striking out batters this season at a below league average pace, and it's just there was a lot of concern that I had coming into the year with all those different worries. Now, I wasn't expecting it to be this bad, where he's sitting at a 475 ERA throughout the season. But in terms of pitcher disappointments, I mean, Manoa is, I think, number one. He's got to be number one. But Alcantara, you can make a very strong case that he's number two. Joe, really appreciate Thank you so much for joining the show today. Again, tell people where to go find your work. Matt, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. You guys can check me out at sportsethos.com. we got all coverage of all major sports, gambling and DFS, and everything going on over there. And you can follow along with my work uh, at JoeOrico99 over on Twitter and the Fantasy MLB Today podcast, which drops episodes every single weekday. Take care. Thanks for joining the show. We'll chat with you again this uh, later on this summer. Thanks, Matt. Take care. Absolutely. You as well. That is Joe Orico. Again, check out his work at sportsethos.com.